you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and I have another wonderful guest with me today. His name is Joseph Aniwar. And um, do you prefer Joe or Joseph? Joe's fine. Okay. <laughs> and he is um, a pro arena football player who turned to being a transformation trainer. And he has been in the fitness industry for 28 years now. In his past, Joe and his family had struggled with weight and health. And by turning to a healthier lifestyle, he was able to lose up to 110 pounds, which we'll talk about that, find out how he did that. Currently, he is focusing on working with women who are 48 or older, and his mission is to help women take back control over their bodies while they are dealing with energy loss and weight gain that comes along with menopause, which is a, a very good um, focus and thing to, to do coming from somebody that uh, <laughs> is over, way over 48. So um, welcome. And I'm really happy that you were able to come and uh, spend some time with us here on the Healthy Tips After 50 podcast. I am uh, really grateful to be here, Susan, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just excited to be able to um, share any of my experiences that uh, has supported the athletes, which I call the super women, you'll hear me re refer to them as, um, in their journeys. And uh, hopefully my intention is that there's a lot of value that will, the super women I've never met that hear your podcast and, and others will uh, oh, yeah. value. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there are men who listen as well. So yeah. <laughs> A <laughs> couple so, of whom well, are, are related to me, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, why don't you, why don't you give us um, a little more kind of detailed version of what I just went through? Um, and I know you and I have talked about before um, the, the role of mindfulness mm -hmm. and mindset in, yes. you know, in all of our journeys through this this lifetime in this world um, and, and how you got to that point of saying, Hey, you know, we've got to kind of look at it as a whole and, and, and learn from that and grow from that point. Okay, great. Yeah. So my journey, um, as you said, I, you know, I've lost a hundred, um, you know, and 10 so pounds on my own. Now I was a lineman in college uh, and I always ah. was a, a, I was the husky kid, you know, my mom would say, you're husky, you know, it was the great term for pants and jeans um, when I was young. And so I always, uh, you know, had an experience of, you know, being a bigger size uh, kid and I fluctuated. I was littler when I was young, but I, I became husky um, right around my early teenage years. Um, so I had that experience. Mm -hmm. go, um, go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to change the, um, how we're, the view here. 
Okay. Great. And, and so with that, um, I also too, along my journey and what really brought me to focus, um, you know, which is specifically, uh, you know, the athletes I work with now as women over 48 was because I also experienced my mom never finding the right tool, the right program, the right coach um, for her along her journey. So I was, you know, firsthand and, you know, seeing all of the tabloids and whatever was the new thing, the new juice craze, the new, um, you know, diet between her and, you know, I have some older sisters kind of trying uh-huh. different things. Um, and so I really, I noticed that the youth and I really all the way till up until now, my mom never found the system that worked for her. Now, um, they're the aspect of that and it really leads into the mindfulness side um but that's what excited me to to focus and i have been i was working initially um as a transformation coach with mm-hmm. uh, you know all athletes mm-hmm. uh and i started to see some results uh and find some things that really correlated to my athletic career uh with women in general so that's when i started to focus on you know my target uh demographic now and the athletes i work with now and so the one thing and, and here's where the mindfulness piece came in is one thing i noticed about myself when i lost the the 100 pounds. I initially lost 60 pounds. And as I lost my 60 pounds, there was still some things I noticed about myself, um, you know, in terms of my own personal journey, there was still mm-hmm. ways I thought about myself, um, ways mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, uh, a paradigm I had or an image, a self image I had of myself that didn't change when the weight changed, which I thought it was. Yeah. Um, and so that really sparked me to say, hmm, maybe there's something I'm missing in the, I'm eating all right. I know how to train. I've done it my whole life. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Um, and then as I started to go on that journey and learning within myself, mm-hmm. one thing I noticed about my mom was she always would start a journey, but she never made herself the priority. Um, and so these two things kind of came and became the tip of the spear in my approach mm-hmm. to, as I continued to learn, there was a deeper mindfulness aspect within myself. And then I realized mm-hmm. how I never saw that applied in my mom's journey. And that was, I, I think, a big key. And still to this day, I think is a, a big um, key to why mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. aren't successful or aren't as successful as they can be. Yeah, I, I would, I would I would agree. I mean, the the whole idea of prioritize the way I describe it is prioritizing ourselves in yes. our own lives, and yes. that's that's a key to my own journey, and it's a key to my practice, my coaching practice that I have is is the same, you know, the same idea, um, and particularly for the same demographic that we're talking about and that my podcast goes for as well, because I think particularly the women and, and, you know, some of the men as well, who were just raised to think about everybody else and thinking that if we helped everybody else, then, then, you know, we would get helped, but it's really the other way around. If you help yourself, then you can help other people. Yes. And, 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 that is, I think that is such a powerful, because um, as you said, you know, depending on the background and the upbringing, um, but mm-hmm. this could go across the board, mm-hmm. especially when we're implementing something new. And and in our society, in my experience, we, if with myself and as I continue to work with, you know, the athletes is that we say, hey, I'm going to start a new program. I'm going to change the way I eat. But that actually means that I'm going to shift the way I approach the habits that are ingrained in my experience Uh 
so that I create a different outcome. And let's just say if it's nutritionally and not only not bringing in a fitness yet, that's mm -hmm. going to bring a different right. outcome in my in my physical appearance. But that means everything, how I approach it when stressors. And so, so many of these things come into play that it sounds, it rolls off the tongue. So even hey, you want to start a new nutrition plan or diet or whatever you frame yeah. it as, but inside of that behind the wall is all of the patterns um, oh, that yeah. have, yeah. so I think, yeah. it, yes. Well, and <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, all, all of those programs that you're talking about, they feed off of that as well. Mm -hmm. They, they, because all, I, I won't say that all they're interested in is, is selling their programs, but I think to a large degree, all they're really interested in is selling their programs. Mm -hmm. You know, whether, whether people succeed or whether people, they like to see people succeed, but they don't give them the tools necessarily to succeed past that point. Right. Right. And that that's that's why people are constantly going back and forth and up and down. And I mean, I did that in my life for, you know, many years growing up in particular. Um, right. you know, I think I was on one of the first people that was on Weight Watchers, you know, started that long ago and um, just didn't learn anything from it, you know. And I think that 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 really is such a big uh, a big point you you make and mm -hmm. and whether and all you know I always hold that there's the greatest intention in you know when you start when they start out too because any oh, any yeah. tool that's given you an opportunity to transform but with that said you know it'll be the the success rate would shift if if the conversation was this will take your patience mm. this will take your deeper level of trust within a process. Um, yeah. and this summer may not be where you're at your 10, but next summer you'll yeah. be there in a way that you can maintain. It would be yeah. the success rate would be different, yeah. um, versus the quick, you know, I say, and, and it's the old motto quick to come quick to go, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, yeah. and so, um, and I think that mindfulness plays into it too. If you're looking at the conversation and of why the process mm. is happening. And I think that's a big, mm. a big thing is uh, why am I taking this journey that to be in, you know, the next set of slacks or the next dress? Or is it because is there a, a deeper why of maybe because I feel confident in the morning and because I feel like, you know, energized to experience life more. And, and yeah. that, that, that mindfulness of, you know, of why am I doing this beyond maybe just the aesthetic of what I see in the morning, which is very important because that frames a lot of, you know, how we even start our day as we get ready. Uh, I challenge my athletes to go beyond that and really look at it, something that's going to anchor them um, in the tough mm -hmm. times. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's, that's wonderful. I think that's, that's really great that you do that. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the, um, about your athletes? Because I know you had told me before, and it's really interesting that people that, that you've been working with and, and changing their outlook on life. Yeah, so I work with women specifically 48 um, and above, uh, really, you know, peri uh, into postmenopause. Mm. So that our average superwoman is about 52. Um, and neither, you know, high achieving ladies. Uh, so I definitely work with a, a lot of them are, you know, whether they're business leaders in the community um, or, you know, we're right outside of New York. So they might have, um, you know, some sets of careers in the city, um, but mm. still as well as they're double down in um, a lot of the athletes I work with, you know, and then they're leading the front, you know, as mom or grandmom. And mm -hmm. so they're wearing multiple hats, uh, but they, they, they're the general uh, characteristic is that it, it's definitely this drive to know that 
even though the conversation around me, uh, you know, aging said that, um, you know, maybe it should be harder and I should just, and let's say for lack of a better term, I should settle for where I'm at. I still believe there's more and I still believe there's possibility. Mm. Um, and so it really, you know, when they, when athletes come to me, they say, you know, I know I'm going through this. And, and a lot of times they have decided that I will never be in the outfit I really want to uh, be in. Okay. But if okay. I can have more energy mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. be a little bit closer, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so I think, it, it, and not with, Oh, I lost your, lost your vocal, lost your sound. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sure. What oh, that's that okay. I don't, it could just be the connection. Yep. My okay. internet connection is unstable. Okay. So I think it's on my side. Okay. Are well, you, just let me know if I need fine. to pause. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> um, okay. with, yeah. with the way the conversation has, has, uh, you know, in the fitness industry has moved. Uh, and, and I think it's very big to look at the history of fitness, especially when mm. we talk about, talk about what's possible. Cause there was a period, um, you know, early on in fitness where weightlifting was not allowed, you know, uh, um, okay. that was really frowned yeah. upon. And uh-huh. so as we're kind of, as we're looking at, you know, especially in women, right in this, uh, this age range that 48 to, you know, and the 50 at youth they weren't necessarily and that was right around athletics like really starting to be inclusive mm-hmm. and weightlifting and training mm-hmm. so we truly are seeing when we look at the possibilities mm-hmm. we're looking at a possibilities based on you know the conversation still being a little skewed around what actual resistance training does to a woman's body does it make mm-hmm. her look like a bodybuilder in two weeks uh-huh. or does it make her bones denser and I'm okay. a little nervous to do that. And so I, I think there, and so there's a lot of confusion around what can I expect mm. when I, when I first uh, am introduced to, you know, the new athletes in Academy as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, it's been a lot of fun, um, cr- amazing results uh, with the ladies coming in um, and really they're doing the hard work. We just really, we apply some very sound principles and science uh, okay. and we, we take it day by day. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So do you do these as a class mostly or individual um, training? Individual. So everything is one on one in a personal studio. So uh, oh, it's really uh, the, the foundations of what we do um, and, and how a coach is really to the number one thing is to make sure we address um, all of the concerns as uh, all of the hormones are shifting mm. and those things that could be a concern. So when we talk uh-huh. about bone density, um, yeah. when we uh, look at, you know, um, you know, a lot of the age related um, conditions uh-huh. that come, whether it's balance, whether it's, you know, flexibility. So everything oh, is really yeah. tailored to focus and highlight the principles, whether it's prehab and some athletes may have had some injuries mm-hmm. or it's rehab that really reestablishes those things. So, you know, stronger hips and backs and posture mm-hmm. and okay. um, all of those things to really uh-huh. heighten longevity. Yeah. And then. Yeah. After- yeah. So are people at this point, are people still coming in in person to work with you or are you doing it online or? So we still do online as well. So, um, okay. so uh, there is remote athletes I work with. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, there's online programming that I, that I do as well. Uh, mm. All of the, because of the shifting of the environment, which we uh, had some conversation about prior yeah. to hopping on, um, some the athletes that were with me earlier through the process, we've stayed together, mm. um, you know, but keeping, you know, all of the, the safety guidelines and things we're approaching mm. now. Um, locally, we're, you know, our doors are closed to new athletes, but remotely, we're still 
working with oh, okay. um, some great athletes and, and being able to build some remote programs that are, are seeing some, a lot of success right now. Ah, interesting. Okay. So if you do have remote, then um, if people don't have a lot of the equipment and, and that sort of thing, how do you, how do you deal with that? So what's awesome is uh, there's different levels. So if they're depending on where the athlete's at, if they want to acquire some, depending on what they want to do, then we can, um, you know, create a, and there's great alternatives. So whoever's listening to this Mm. and maybe has had their fitness um, and their gym experience impacted Mm. uh, by the environment, there's great, whether it's tubings, we talked about this before, Mm -hmm. that gives great resistance um, that you can really build an at-home environment for a hundred dollars with the right tubes and a step up. And you can really create an environment where you can see some results with some resistance bands and make you a great space at home that's actually space saving. Um, But also too, the beauty about earth is gravity and with the right, with body weight resistance and Uh being able to do some great things, um, you know, with uh, isometric workouts Uh and and different things like that, you can actually do, you know, have some great uh, preventative exercise for the joints um, and still get the resistance and the load underneath the muscle or inside of the muscle that you need uh-huh. to create a stimulus. So, so oh. there's, there's, there's a lot of options. Okay. okay. Well, I may have to follow up with you on that. Of course, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I, both of neither of us have been going to, you know, both of our gyms have been closed since March. So we've been yeah. just walking and, you know, I have my little 10, my little five pound and two pounds. So I have seven pounds, but, um, mm-hmm. but that's about it. And he's been doing, you know, exercises, but, um, and, and lifting the, the, the five gallon water bottles, which mm-hmm. are like 25 pounds, I think something like that. But that's, I mean, he, he's been an athlete his whole life. So I know he, he misses it. Um, yeah, there's, there's that. And I think uh, also too, they have the, the suspension straps, which, um, mm. you know, got a lot of acclaim, um, you know, a couple oh, years ago, okay. they're, uh, they're the major brand called TRX, but there's uh-huh. many different brands. Um, and those are great space saving you. They come with the availability to, to set them right up inside of your door frame. Um, and you can have a total body workout that if those things go into a part yeah. of, the, of a, a book and you will get, as, and I actually had an athlete that I worked with strictly with just of those through the COVID process. Um, and after we got their, uh, their body analysis, they actually uh-huh. only reduced their muscle mass by 1% wow. without having any gym accessing strictly you, the nose. And that was their, they weren't accustomed to them. So we saw a lot of positive results there. So there yeah, is an yeah. answer for you. My, my gym had the TRX and I know the trainer yes. that I had worked with previously, they had anyways, um, you don't need, you don't need all the details, but, um, she used to do, have me do things on the TRX, um, yes. not by myself, but she, she always insisted on being there while I was doing it, which was fine with me, but, yes. um, but yeah, that, that was, um, I totally forgot about the TRX. That's a, that's a yes. great suggestion. Yeah. And, and talk to you the, offline about that. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a wonderful idea. And I, I think it's also, you know, for all the people that are listening, that's a, would be a very good way to go as well, because it doesn't take as much room either as a lot of the other things. If people are in a smaller space, 
Yes, as long as you have a, access to a door, um, you know, they've made them with with great, um, you know, uh, compatibility with door frames. Uh -huh. And you just can you can get a, a lot of work and there's a ton of science behind the value of, you know, building a postural muscles and the, the hits and it's just those yeah. are they're really a very valuable tool, especially uh -huh. if you're saving space. Yeah. And Christmas is coming. So to there, you go. there you go. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. I got to remember that one. <laughs> so, okay. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, which I know is, is one of the things that you're interested in is about how the, the concept of women in, in our society um, has, has been changing I mean, it has, it's changing for the good, I think. Um, but as far as, you know, as getting older, women have always taken that much harder mm -hmm. than men have. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some of that has been changing. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of what you're doing supports that as well, because if, if women feel better about themselves, then it doesn't bother them quite so much, quite so badly you know, with the aging. Right. And so inside of that, I, I think a, a really big, in my experience, the, when we're talking about uh, the framework of aging mm -hmm. with the concept of wellness and transformation, mm -hmm. one of those things, uh, as I kind of uh, alluded to earlier was, if we're not training a body and you're going to hear a lot of, you know, because I'm so passionate about movement and how these machines were made to move. Um, and if you're not doing that, then we're going to see an aggressive onset of aging experiences that are just due to the body being deconditioned. Mm. And so there's two different ways we can look at that. We can look at it at the, uh, on, on a larger scale in terms of, you know, when we're looking at um, whether it's, you know, body weight and being maybe overweight or being able to lose and just already. So we have a lot of deep, you know, physiological issues that can happen in, in you know, that framework. But let's just say just in general, um, and what's happening, like really when we look back at, even when we take, for instance, osteoporosis, mm -hmm. and we live, really go back into the history and see when did that start to pop up? Uh, on record, it's right around the early 1920s we first see that. And it's when we start to move into more of an industrialized experience. Yeah. Yeah. The natural weight experience on a body, whether it was from farming or whether it's from walking or with yeah. just yeah. activities, that starts to shift as a society or as a, you know, really just on a global level. So mm -hmm. that's going to start to shift how the body and what it does and how it retains yeah. muscle and what it does. It. So the first stage in the conversation, um, I think, is it being okay to be fit, it being okay to lift weights, it being more than a, a, a you know, the 1980s explosion or 1970s explosion of bodybuilding, but to be, I'm resisting training to maintain the wellness that my body is used to or has been overall when we look at our experience as humans. And so, so that's the first thing. And I think it, is, it becomes okay to be working out and lifting weights and being fit 
at any age. I was reading a great research study um, over the weekend, and uh, it was a cohort of athletes that di they did that were from 75 to 95, mm -hmm. and they put them on um, a resistance training regimen, which was one rep mas um, um, maximum exertion uh, mm -hmm. they did, and which is and I'll just say this now, all of my athletes, we never go underneath 10 repetitions. You get a lot, it's safe for the joints. You can still get great muscle stimulus. I see mm. a great response, but the heavier the load gets, you know, as we do look to mm. make movements happen to yep, preserve the yep. joints, that's so. But in the research study, they saw a tremendous amount of valuable muscle stimulus. And this one specifically focused on the lower body region, but they saw such a large and significant result of muscle uh, synthesis mm -hmm. from that cohort of people. It just showed that, you know, at any age when your body gets, creates the resistance, it will go right into what it's used to, which is building those systems and structures mm -hmm. to maintain that level. So that what happens when we get stronger there is that reduces the falls that reduces a lot of these injuries that we see mm -hmm. that are just happening because we're not strong enough to maintain our level of daily uh, activities of daily living. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's pretty neat. Yeah. The um yeah, cuz you don't I I've I have also read a couple of things articles about, you know, just the one doing one at 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 your maximum, right? Almost past your maximum. Um but I don't know, that always seemed to me like an accident waiting to happen kind of <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. Unless you got somebody there helping you and yes. making sure that you don't you don't actually go past what you should be doing for that one, even if it's only one, right? Right. You can, you can still hurt yourself. You can still hurt yourself. And I, and I, so with that and Taylor and which is a great point is, uh, is the, um, a philosophy called perceived exertion. Mm. And, um, and so if I had, I'd love to chime in on this point, which I mm -hmm. think is very powerful for everyone listening uh -huh. is there was a cohort study and this was done um, with women from 45 to 65 mm -hmm. and they took a group of ladies and this is something I've experienced uh, as an athlete understanding the the different level of possibility in the human output but also to okay. transitioning this with uh, in general but inside of the research it said this they took a cohort of women um, and they put them through an effort where they had an administrator take them into their one rep maximum uh, mm -hmm. effort for safety it's always safety first safely through mm -hmm. and then they brought the cohort back so they had the, the the women grade their scale of one let's just say you know no problem not sweating or 10 okay. i'm going to die <laughs> um and so of course the one rep maximum effort as they got there there it was a nine or ten on the scale so they came back and they allowed the women to self-select the amount of weight that correlated to the way they felt at the end of the study with the instructor there. The women were about 43% less in effort that they, uh, when they self-selected that they felt like they were at their one repetition maximum wow. than when they had the instructor there. Now, this is the biggest key. And this is something I really um, connect with uh, the athletes when I come in. The study says this, that it takes 70% of your 100% at of 10 rep maximum effort to produce protein synthesis or muscle building in the body. Mm -hmm. 
So if I'm going to work out and I feel like I'm at 100 mentally, but I'm at 50, let's just say 50%, and it takes 70% effort for my body to start building that muscle. Now we see why we go into the gym and mentally we may be in a place, but our body has so much more to give that we're not seeing that response. So why am I working out, but I'm not building muscle? And it's because our brain is connecting us with the effort that is lower than what our body has available. Um, and so inside of that, it's just an awareness yeah. to have, whether you're training on your own. And definitely, of course, if you're with a professional, they'll understand yeah. this concept. Yeah. But that's the the a real big gap that's impacting a lot of athletes from starting to see the results that they want to see um, when they're training yeah. and doing the other proper things. Do you think that some of that gap when people are are on their own is partially um, some kind of a safety mechanism. Yes. Right. That their body comes, their mind and body kind of comes into to say, Hey, you know, no, that's, that, that's a little too much. Even though I did it before, that's a little too much to do by myself here. Um, well, and, and so it's, it's putting yourself in a proper environment as best you can. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but I, I, so the first question is a hundred percent, the very first thing. And that goes into, as you said, when we look at what the, the conversation we're having around aging. Yeah. And so it starts to be, don't yeah. get hurt. And this is what a lot yeah. of my athletes, when they come in, their husband's like, okay, but don't get hurt. Okay. But don't get hurt. My husband right. said, don't get hurt today. Um, and the <laughs> only thing you hear peppering in is don't get hurt. The first time you feel uncomfortable, am I hurt? Oh, yeah. Did I, is this a, a muscle burn or a muscle tear? You know, which one is it? I, I'm stop here. I'm done. Um, and so, mm -hmm. so it is that understanding. And once, so I, I so to answer your first question, yes, I think it's mm -hmm. a safety mechanism. I think it's more of the mind mm -hmm. over uh, the body. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And so I am, you know, a, a unbeatable mind certified coach, which is a high mm -hmm. performance habit mastery program that was designed by a Navy sales um, oh. uh, commander, uh, Mark Devine. And it's an amazing program for just high performance individuals. And so what the, the Navy seals rule said, they have a 40% rule and their thing is before the human body is actually at its hundred percent effort or when you mentally feel you're there at a hundred percent effort mentally you have 40 percent left and this wow. is the science behind that okay. um just okay. and even this was a cohort of recreational women but this applies to their philosophy of you know when you're going into human effort there's about 40 percent between mm -hmm. what the mental barrier is and what mm -hmm. the physical barrier is so mm -hmm. there's a lot of science behind that yeah, no, and that make and that makes a lot of sense. And and I think part part of where I was coming from as well is that when you do some of these exercises, not you, but me, right, or mm -hmm. people, um, there is a much greater sense of safety when there's somebody else there who knows what they're doing. Right. Okay. Rather than even if I know I did this five times with you standing there. I'm still, there's a, still a part of my brain that is going to go, well, you know, you really still could get hurt because nobody's here helping you. Right. Um, and, and I can see how you'd have to get past that, but it might, it might just be a matter of um, experience. Maybe that's not the right word, but you know, the more, like if I've done it with you standing there 10 times, then the odds of me doing it by myself, the 11th time is probably higher. Right. 
than right. if you if you you know if I'm trying to do that on the fifth time or the fourth time or something. Right. Um, and and so one of those things uh, to to and, and you know in context of this conversation uh-huh. is the the seventy percent. So the the one. Mm-hmm. is truly someone there, you know, yeah. uh, you know, a, a, a professional or someone who knows or mm-hmm. a friend who knows uh, just some, some support, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the 70% that, sh- that level should be heart pounding, should be mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So it says, Whoa, uh-huh. okay. I'm getting, yeah. and, and so, and the best way to think about it is this, this is how I translate it to my athletes. Mm-hmm. The first eight should be able to be completed with excellent form. Mm-hmm. The last two should be very strenuous and challenging you to keep excellent form, but only breaking slightly if necessary. So it shouldn't be something that we're like, all of our effort is to move those last two. It should be, oh man, this is really tough for me to stay pristine. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm a little bit shaky, but I can still finish the two. Hmm. So it sh- it'll get your heart rate going, but it mm-hmm. won't be to where, you know, is someone going to be able to pick this up off of me? Um, yeah, exactly. So there's a big difference there and you can see the value. And I will say this, um, one of my athletes, amazing rock star, uh, 63 year old, uh, worked with me through COVID training mm-hmm. at home, um, mm-hmm. you know, video execution, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or, or teaching of uh, the movements. And she was able to put, she put on four pounds of muscle training mm-hmm. in her home gym safely um, mm-hmm. in, in her, her studio space mm-hmm. uh, in a safe way uh, by just challenging with that principle. Let eight be, you know, be tough. Let nine, 10 be really tough with excellent form and her body saw the response. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely can be done and it is being done. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- safety is always first, you know, mm-hmm. safety is first. Yeah. 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 So all that being said, right. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that, that these women have, you know, developed their, their exercise, developed their muscles, you know, all Mm -hmm. of that. And, and I am assuming just from my own, you know, personal experience a little Mm -hmm. while ago, that that is also giving them a better sense of self-confidence that they're taking out into the world with them. Although it sounds like most of them had a lot of that to start with, <laughs> even before you started working with them. But how how is that how is that um, improved or or um, affected their a, their being in the world? Great question, and um, I, I'll start back with that the the, the concept of them. them. Well, let's start mm-hmm. with mindfulness. So they're the high achieving effort uh, as we go into it with that. So the let me answer and say. Great. So I think the biggest feedback is that they feel more confident. They feel, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they feel more, more confident, but really proud of their self Mm -hmm. that they created a result that they maybe didn't think was possible Uh with that. And the mindful aspect, one of the biggest things that we see is that in all of the high achievement, not always was it from a healthy place of loving confidence. Mm. Maybe it was from a place of fear, or maybe mm. it was from a place of in, of achieving to receive because there was an emptiness or a not enoughness. Yep. Yep. That more than not, then I'm achieving really high because I'm so confident and grounded who I am. More than not, I experienced I've created all of this outside, and I've never 
you know, some there's, and I think this is a human experience, um, but a lot of like I achieved because, you know, I was afraid of failure or I always, I, you know, this is how I got attention. So, you know, I created a lot of things, but I'm actually at this point realizing that that still does not make me feel good inside. And as we have these, and we talk about why, that's more than comes out that I want to feel good because mm -hmm. I feel good. And part of this journey is honoring me being first to feel good for me and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So um, so they, the, the response is more confidence, but more than the more confidence, the response is a deeper awareness of personal value. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, allows them to maintain their results. They, they've created a level of value that I deserve to be on the front burner with everybody else. Um, and so that has been the most uh, fulfilling for me and just really uh, inspiring for me is to, to see these women, these super women come back and have create these conversations about their self on a timeless journey. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, no, that that's um, so all of that being said, um, what what is what is your advice for people who and we touched a little bit on this earlier, but for for people, for women um, mm -hmm. who may not have access at this point to a gym or a, or a trainer, um, maybe can't afford mm -hmm you know, even during non-COVID times to, to mm -hmm. work one-on-one -on -one with a trainer and particularly a trainer at, at your level. Um, you know, what, what would your suggestions be that <clears throat> some things that, that people and women can do, whether it's on their own or, you know, maybe they go to the YMCA or something and, and work out. Some of those places have trainers and some of them don't. Um, but, you know, so that they don't hurt themselves because, People have a, a tendency to overdo things, I think, you know, because we always think we're going to get someplace fast. <laughs> so uh, I, I really say uh, the foundation of, of the transformation mm. is to start with nutrition. Mm. Start with, start with, you know, putting into your body and you'll see the biggest response. So especially and speaking, speaking specifically to the women 48 and peri or mm. postmenopause, as mm. the estrogen shifts, there's a lot of science behind what happens in, you know, the, the, where we're depositing the fat in the upper back and the gut and in, you know, the different things like that. Uh -huh. But there's also a lot of science behind the positive impact of just whole foods and eating the mm -hmm. proper actual foods closest to the earth that you can get. Mm -hmm. That's the, because that will prep your body to transform or experience your result faster when you actually do create the resistance side of it, which if you can't afford a trainer, get back to the basics of, you know, whether it's uh, the simp simplest thing that's just doing squats, holding a chair. Mm -hmm. And if it's something you're not used to start out with doing 10. And if you could do 10, and if you have knee injuries or some different ailments, shorten the range. So you only do a half squat and do as many as you can, or do uh, a minute worth. Mm -hmm. And then see what your metric is or what your, you know, maybe I got 15 in a minute. Maybe I got 50 in a minute and add on um, a great thing to produce muscle density to, you know, get the metabolism of the body going is if you can get access to a weighted jacket. 
And so there's plenty and they're specifically targeted a weighted vest and just going out and walking. The walking is great three times 30 minutes. And if you add a 10 pound weighted vest that now has put a greater resistance on your body, which is going to make it promote building more muscle and it's going to promote it building more bone density to handle this resistance. And it's going to boost your metabolism because it's like pulling a weighted vest for your mile instead of just being your normal mile. So those are very basic things and you can do it with all of the foundational moves movements, your squat, your push-ups from a kneeling position. Mm -hmm. Um, There's great uh, videos on YouTube. If you find, you know, my site, I have a ton of free content where you can see different exercises Mm -hmm. um, and different movements, but the the social world, the virtual world is full of free material and just start there. Start with the very basics and nourish your body right. And you will start to see, and and you said a great point, see that have patience because it is a journey. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but that's a great place to start is start by, if it's anything, start with an apple a day and just getting mm-hmm. out and moving your body. Uh, and then basic fundamental human movements, the squat, the push up, and whether it's like you spoke about your husband and his water bottles, whether you take one water bottle yeah. and do 10 shoulder presses above your head, it's a great place to start and your body will respond to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh no, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. I know I do. I do. Um, I do. I do try and do squats while I'm making coffee and stuff in the morning. <laughs> it, I, do, I do 20 and then I do 20 of these kind of things. And then I do, you know, <laughs> up above and then I do 20 more squats and I end up doing about 60 squats. Right and now. And how do you feel after that? Oh, I always feel great. Gets my heart going, gets my blood going. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't, I think, I think in the world, and especially it's really coming back to the basics when you're getting started, um, when you're looking to be safe, it's come back to the fundamentals. Your, your nutrition is going to be, you know, 70 to 80% of the transformation. So finding something that works for you that you can maintain. Um, a, a tip is find out what, uh, you know, your caloric ceiling is or the amount of energy you need to transform. Um, there's a great free app, My Fitness Pass. Uh, that you can utilize that you put in all of you put in your age your height your weight and it'll uh-huh. spit out um, what your baseline rate is uh-huh. and how much you should focus on eating and then it's also a food catalog so you can put in what your meals are and it'll count down throughout uh-huh. the day until you uh-huh. hit your number that you should stay under and so you know start with very basic principles um, and, and you'll start to see great results. Just make sure it's something you enjoy. And of course, mm-hmm. we got to put the foods as close, whole foods as close to the earth as you can is going to produce mm-hmm. the fastest result. Yeah. Oh, and, and I will add to that as well, that if one can afford it, because I know they cost a little bit more, is um, to eat organic as much as possible. Um, yes. You know, good foods, even if they're not organic, is still better than one's normal diet. But if you can do organic, particularly certain things, right? Certain foods that you really do need if you're going to if you're going to eat them like grapes. You know, there's certain yes. things that just they put so much chemicals on them that it, it can affect yes. you. So even if you just kind of pick and choose, I think is important and and kind of start yes. start with that because it's really easy to to find out again on online which which foods you really need to, to um, not eat organically. But, um, you know, and then, and then there's something interesting, was always interesting to me, which is avocados. 
there's like no difference mm. between the ones that are organic and the other ones the uh, the ones whatever it is that they put on does not get into the flesh mm -hmm. and that yeah yeah and it's it's like you know don't waste your money on the on the organic ones because it's not necessary so you know you just do a little reading and everybody's got a little extra time these days so <laughs> this is true now's the time to do it <laughs> this is true yeah. uh and, and i think and um i'd love to hear uh even soothing your um perspective on you know as you're starting the journey uh expectations so hmm. uh because that's a big one that, you know, I face uh, when ladies are coming in is what, what do you expect to yourself or what is your conversation around what's possible in your transformation journey? So um, mm. I'd love to hear how do you frame that and what are your thoughts or, or, or tips to anchor supportive expectations? I, I find that the, the first thing that I like to do is to, is to really find out what a person is doing in their life now, mm. you know, and what do they see as, as important to them now? Where are they putting that, um, that value in their life? Mm. You know, what are the, the, um, the, oh, I can't change this or I can't change that, you know? And some of them, I'm sure that eventually they will be able to change, but it's, um, you know, you have, you have to find out. And then, and then the other thing to find out is, you know, if you can, if I could wave a magic wand and you would be exactly where you want to be doing what you want to be doing and looking and feeling how you want to feel, what would that look like? Um, and, you know, and that can change, right? But at, at that point, what are they, how do they feel and what would they look like? And that gives you an, a better idea of, of how they're seeing, A, how they're seeing themselves and how they're seeing what they think is possible. Because even, even though you told them they had a magic wand, people still put ceilings yes. on their own dreams. So um, that, that's kind of where I try, I try and start. Um, and, I, and I try and start you know, sessions that I have with people. Um, I don't do as much around health I do more around mindset, but the health comes into it, you know, it's because it's health and wellness, which, and I know you and I have talked about this before, that it's that, that covers everything in your life. Yes. Right. From A to Z. And they're all, they're all tied up together. Yes. <laughs> it's like playing whack-a-mole, you know, <laughs> you get yeah. one thing under control and it pops up over here in a whole different area. Right. So, um, but you know, I always, I always, want to know anytime I talk to them or sit down with them and say, you know, what, again, what is it that you, what is it that you want to accomplish? What do you want to try and just, just in today's session, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and get them thinking that way Yes. on a, on a longer term. Um, and, and to me, food is, it's something that um, I think that, that, when we can, I think the biggest impact that we can have and that they can have in their own lives is to make that connection between what I feel like mm -hmm. mentally and physically and what it is that I'm putting in my body Yes. and being more um, mindful, mindful eating. Yes. Because until they can get a hold of that and make that connection that what they're eating may 
truly have some kind of impact on how they feel and how they go through their day, you really can't, you can't get anything else kind of going. All the rest right. of it is putting a Band-Aid on something. Um, and it's, I, I know for myself, I, I mentioned earlier that I, 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 was a, I was a fat little kid. I was a fat teenager. Um, and, I, and, I bought, and I fought weight in, um, until I was in graduate school. Um, and, and then there were two times in my life that, that just totally impacted me. One was at that point when I was in graduate school and I went to see the doctor there and, and she said, look at, you know, either, either you go on a diet and you lose the weight now, or you're going to be fighting this the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, that, that got my attention. And so at that point, I, I, there was no such thing even, no, I take that back. Weight Watchers was around. I, I did that in high school. That was a complete fiasco. Um, but they, what was the funny thing about, and I'll go just 30 seconds here. The funniest thing I had happened with the Weight Watchers was it was too much food. I couldn't eat it all. And so I wow. just got so frustrated, you know, so it's, you know, they're funny, funny reasons, right? For most right. people, I'm sure it's like, oh my God, I can't eat, you know, not getting enough. <laughs> and it was like, no, I can't, you know, I was just eating the wrong stuff. Um, but anyways, um, I, I started counting calories and that was, you know, and exercising. I used to swim at, you know, it was great at going to college because I could use the track and I could use the swimming pool and I could, it's like having a, a especially back then. And we we're talking about the, you know, the mid seventies. So it was, uh, it's a whole different place than it is now. But, and then the second right. thing for me was I developed a bunch of allergies and mm -hmm. there was a whole long list of things. I mean, I was like falling asleep from all of the, all of my allergies, not realizing, <clears throat> cut everything out and just did a challenge diet, started doing one thing at a time. And from the day that I stopped eating everything and just ate like three things for four or five days, I think it was, or maybe longer, um, I started feeling better after about a day and a half. Wow. It was just so obvious. So that, that, when you have that much black and white, you know, you know okay, I'm not going to eat that because I felt really bad. <laughs> really, right. really bad. Right. So that then it's easy to make a change. Right. You know, and I started eating healthfully ever since then. And again, that was a long time ago. That was in the that was in like 1989 or something. So it's been a long time that I've been eating healthfully and then got into all the organics and all that kind of stuff. But that's also what got me involved in health and being interested right. in, in health um, more than more than anything. But that just brings me back to the, the point that, you know, every everyone I think has to get to a point where there's like, Oh, I feel so much better. Yes. Right. And, and I'm, and I'm sure the people you work with, and I'm sure you had the same, the same sort of, of um, aha moment in your life. I, I did mine actually, because I'm a vegetarian, I've been a vegetarian for about 14 years now. Mm. Um, and that's what was part of uh, my process was I eliminated meat and I kind of went on a, a fruits and veggies, not kind of, but I did go on a fruits and veggies experience. I got hurt and I was getting ready for mm. some NFL tryouts. Um, and so I, I did some research, found out that was going to help me heal faster. Um, and so I went on that in that process for two weeks, just getting ready for, uh, you know, the tryout I had. And when I introduced me back and I got really sick. And so for me, it, and I don't, you know, I don't say it's right or wrong, but for me, I realized that 
that that didn't sit right with me. And it could have been just getting back in a digestive process, but I felt good. Um, and so for me, I, that's what, you know, sparked me on, you know, my vegetarian way of nutrition now, which I don't, you know, say anybody else's journey, mm -hmm. but it was one of those things to, to your point that I felt different. And therefore I knew, and that was the first time I noticed that, oh, hey, my body operates differently when I introduce this food. Um, and, and I think that's a great, because I do have that. I, I, it was a conversation with an athlete. They're like, well, what about, um, and it's a, it's a, you know, athlete who's been with me for a while. She's like, well, you know, what about like on the weekends, like my family and, you know, sometimes like, it's just like all of this and I don't want the sweets and all of this stuff, um, you know, but how come you never tell us don't have any of it? And it's okay. I say, because once you start eating healthy and you've become aware, just like you said, once you eat it, if it's not right for your body, you'll never eat it again. Once you notice the how you feel afterwards, you'll, you'll choose to do it or not. That's why I don't make a big deal about it. I just say, let's focus on eating healthy. Yeah. Your body will start to tell you what works with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Once you, once your body gets clean, mm -hmm. right? Because until yep. you get to that point, you're in such reaction to start with that even if you eat something else, right. you don't really even notice it. Right. Yeah. And it can sometimes be an opposite effect that you're in such a is mm -hmm. and that's a great uh, term you're in such a reaction to your current way of eating mm -hmm. that when you introduce the healthy foods they may respond differently mm -hmm. um and on a because our body machines are perfect at doing the best they can to adjust mm -hmm. to the stimulus and move forward <laughs> um yeah. and so I, I think that's a those are two very powerful mm -hmm. to to get clear yeah oh, i just missed you. mindfulness there you go <laughs> yeah so that's that's so powerful so i am yeah. that is i'm taking notes by the way i'm taking notes <laughs> those well, are very it, powerful yeah. it, seemed, it seems to me i think that's probably a good place to to um to wrap up here i think we've been going yes. for quite a while for an hour i think anyways um so <laughs> i really it's always a pleasure to talk to you joe it just it, it always is we always have so much in common <laughs> And the way that we look at things. And I really do appreciate that. And I also appreciate the fact that you are, um, I was going to say trying, but I, I'm going to change that word, that you are helping a lot of women and, and women who are um, getting older and going through menopause and having, having been through that process myself. Um, I, I do appreciate that, that you're there and, and helping others and going through that because it is a very, it can be a very trying time. Um, and I think that a lot of women get very um, confused and I don't know, get off their center, you know, just kind of get off balance, I think. So having somebody that can, can help them, um, I think that, that now those women can help their daughters yes. when they go through it because our our mothers certainly didn't or couldn't because they weren't helped so well i am i'm so grateful um to have uh, had this opportunity to connect with you and we do always have such beautiful um conversation and i i as you close that out and what, what a great way to say it because i think that's when we talk about aging that's one of the most powerful things that as mm -hmm. uh, a fitness industry um and really as a society we get to change the the hidden conversation of this because it's a natural process of uh, the the powerful women in their human experience so it gets to be 
able to be a, a conversation that's held in honor, but is more openly had to, to give a lot more value and, and a path for a lot of women. Cause there are answers, um, you know, in so many ways for the things that you experience on this journey. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me uh, give my usual little spiel here, which is that um, I am not a doctor and neither of us are doctors. And what we've been talking about is not to be taken as medical advice. If you're having any sort of an issue, <clears throat> please call your doctor. And if you're having an emergency, please call or go to the emergency room, even in COVID. Uh, they know how to take care of you and they will do it safely. So um, to everyone, I will be seeing all of you next week. And thank you again to Joe for being with us today. I'm grateful for being on. Thank you so much, Susan. And uh, I wish everyone well and just positive energy in the rest of their journey. Okay, great. Thank you again. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers. <laughs>